All right, all right, church family, because he lives, we can live again. Because of his death, we have new life. We want to welcome you to One Community Church this Easter Resurrection Sunday. I need you in Plano to help me welcome everybody in Prosper and in Louisville and in Dallas. Let's make some noise for our campuses that are all meeting today. And you can't forget OCC Global, our e-campus. Welcome everyone who's online. Thank you so much for joining us. We are grateful that we could be here together. Now, I need your help with something. I need to ask for your prayers. Um, Something very serious has been going on the last week or so, and some of you have been asking, where is Pastor Conway? Well, I want to ask you to pray for him and Jada. They're actually right now recovering from COVID. Um, They've been down, but they're on the other side of that, and they're recovering right now. And praise God, I I need you to know that it would break our pastor's heart if this was about him, because this is not about him, it's about Jesus. And I want you to know that he has designed and our church has built our staff, our team, our one family so that it does not revolve around one person, but around a team. You have a pastoral staff and a team of volunteers who has stepped up over the last week or so to help carry and create this experience for all of us. So we want to give it up for all the team here at One. They have been amazing. Church family, I want you to know that the mark of a true leader is not how it goes when they're here, but how it goes when they're not here. So we give thanks for our pastor and his wife, and I want to ask you to continue praying for them as they recover from COVID. Now, um, it was a debate between our executive team this week. We, we called in a bunch of speakers that we could have brought in on Easter Sunday. But really, I want to tell you what, what we fought for is we said, Pastor Conway and Jada, if, if you're up to this, we feel like our church family needs to hear from you. Not in person, but virtually. So what we did is Pastor Conway and Jada, we had to push them to do this, not against their health, but so that they could be here virtually with us. They have recorded an Easter message for us together, family style. So they're going to join us in just a moment virtually to share with us a message of hope. This will be an Easter like you've never experienced it before. So if you haven't yet got your sermon notes as a handout or you're online, click on that link to download the sermon notes and get ready for how we can realize the hope we have in Jesus. Let's go check out what Pastor and Conway and Jada have to share with us. Hello, OCC fan. Happy Easter 2021. Wow. We made it, you (laughs) guys. We made it. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, we just want to pray real quick, and then we want to jump in to the word on today. Will you allow us to pray with you? Let's go. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for bringing us to another Easter, Easter 2021. Father, I pray for every person here today. Thank you for each person in every seat, every person online that's joining us right now. And God, I just ask that you will minister to us right where we are. Whatever we came from, whatever the situation is that we find ourselves in today, God, will you simply allow our hearts to be open to hear from you. Lead us now and transform every last one. The skeptic, transform us. The, The believer for 60, 70 years, transform us the the teenager transform us we pray this in Jesus' name and everybody said amen amen Amen. it was 70 years ago that my dad uh, had a tumor right above his eyes 
and it brought our whole family to a screeching halt. Mm. We were all worried. We were all terrified. We did not know what would happen. He went into surgery after some time and a consultation, and after that surgery, he came out and in the waiting room, and one of his eyelids after the surgery would not open. Mm. And the doctor said it would happen, but none of us could ever have imagined what, what really took place. It took him a period of about six months or so for that to open. But ladies and gentlemen, that was the longest six months ever. It was as if we, we were wondering if that's the way his eyes would be mm. for the rest of his life. My dad was crying. I was crying. My mom was crying. The whole family was crying. Mm. Because for a moment of six months, mm. we thought hope had been lost. Mm. Have you ever felt that way? You know what, ladies and gentlemen, you and I are a part of 2.3 billion Christians all over the world. That's, that's larger than China and Europe put together. We are, we, are, we are Christians, that is, people who believe in the name of Jesus Christ, 2.3 billion. And you know this, we, we can disagree in Christendom on a whole lot of stuff. We can agree on a whole lot. We can disagree on, uh, let's see, we can disagree on how, uh, what you should wear to church. We can disagree on whether you should speak in tongues or not. We can disagree on uh, what, what, what communion Sunday is. We can disagree on a whole lot of stuff. But here's one thing. Every single person who is a Christ follower or a Christ believer, here's what we agree on. That on Friday morning, Mm-mm. yep, come on. He, he, he went to the cross and he died. We, meet, we believe that. And then on Sunday morning, early one Sunday morning, early. he did get up. Come on now. Ladies and gentlemen, every Christian believes that. Now, here's why that's important. Because when hope, when hope mm. is dashed, when it, when, it, when it appears to die for us, mm-hmm. something happens to us. And we want to talk about that today. How do you handle it when hope fades how do you handle that for you? How does your family handle it? If you haven't handled it before, don't worry. Keep on living. <laughs> it, the door will be knocking soon. I promise you, mm-hmm. it will be. Mm-hmm. And so Jenny is going to talk a little bit about this passage in Luke chapter 24, mm-hmm. where we're going to now kind of dissect this passage and look at some of the disciples. Because even though there are 2.3 billion believers all over the world today, that's not how it started. Over 2,000 years ago. There were about 120 of them. And that's all it was. And those guys, after the resurrection, they weren't sure. Mm. They weren't sure that he was really raised. And Luke 24 tells us, in verse 21, it actually says, they had hoped that he would be the rescuer Mm. of of the children of Israel from the Roman culture so you're not alone if mm. you lose hope sometimes the disciples did too jada mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about that passage of scripture well walk us through it where we'll be just real briefly if you uh, know a little bit about the gospels matthew mark and luke john are pretty um aligned they call them synoptic gospels and so here at the end of luke we're in chapter 24 we're somewhere sandwiched between the actual resurrection and the ascension and mm-hmm. so what's happened so far is that the women have seen the empty tomb. They've had this encounter with the angel and said, oh, Jesus is not here. He was actually telling the truth. 
And that, that scene happens first. They have a tomb scene. And now we find ourselves on the road to Emmaus mm -hmm. with Cleopas and an unnamed man. And they have a conversation because they are wrestling now with this resurrection and, and what to believe. And did Jesus really raise from the dead? And is he who he said he was? And after that, we'll see Jesus uh, fulfill his prophecy with the ascension. But where we're going to be, where we'll spend our next few moments is really on this road. And I think it's interesting because sometimes hope feels like a road. It can mm. feel very much like a path mm -hmm. where it's not a destination where you're just like, I'm always hopeful. I'm always confident. It can very much feel like a journey where you have moments where you're traveling and p passing certain things and you have moments where you feel assured and moments where there's questions to be answered. And so uh, I think we all know what it's like to have our hope lost. But the good news is it can also be found. Come and on. so that's where we're going to be in Luke 24 today. And so when you go to Luke 24, uh, if you want an easy way to remember that whole passage, all you got to remember is they first were in the tomb, then they're on the road, after the road, then they went to the room, and then they're going to all go to the mount, and Jesus is going to be ascended. Mm -hmm. So that's the whole passage mm -hmm. of Luke 24. Mm -hmm. And so you can fill those in in your notes right now. It starts out in the tomb. Mm -hmm. That's the first part. Then the part we're going to talk about is on the road to Emmaus. Mm -hmm. Somebody and say road. Somebody say road. Mm -hmm. and <laughs> <laughs> and, and then we're going to go to the entire concept of the, of the room, mm -hmm. which is where they're going to actually meet Jesus. And then he's going to ascend at the end of the passage. We're, we're not going to talk about but at the end of it. That's where it is. So you should read it sometime mm -hmm. as you get there. But I want to talk passage. a little bit about it is a fascinating passage. It really is for you to read. Anyways, what I want to talk about is what happens when your, when your hope is dashed, when your hope is attacked. Has that ever happened to you? I don't know. Maybe for you it is um, um, you have a wayward teenager and you, were having, you, you had great hopes for your son, for your daughter, and all of a sudden they have gone on a wayward path. Mm. And you're wondering, God, will they ever come back? Maybe they've left the faith. Will they ever come back to the faith? Maybe they're not doing as well as you want them to do academically. And now you're wondering if they're ever going to get back on the path to having an education that you want them to have. That, that might not be for you. Maybe for you it's um, you've been trying to have kids and you can't have kids mm -hmm. and your hope is dashed. Maybe for you, that's not it. Maybe for you, it is, it is um, you thought the person you were dating now would be it. And then they turn out to be just another joker. Not and, it. And now, you're right, not it. And now <laughs> you're wondering, now you're wondering, God, really? Is there nobody there for me? Mm -hmm. And so now that might be you. And your hope is dashed. Mm -hmm. Your hope mm -hmm. is being attacked. And now, don't get me wrong. There's a difference between uh, faith and believing God and hoping in God. Mm. See, faith refers to, God, I believe in you. Hope says, God, I am expecting something from you. Ooh. And so sometimes or this idea of expectation can be dashed because you, you're just given up hope. And I want to show you how that happens to us as believers because I believe in the life of a believer, there's a cyclical pattern of this happening and you've got to know what causes you and I to get into this deep dive where we're losing hope. We still believe, mm. but we're losing hope in God. There are right. three reasons for this, y'all. Three reasons why we lose hope. And when our hope gets attacked, that's her first thought. When our hope gets attacked, it gets attacked for three reasons. And they're all in this passage of Luke chapter 24. Number one, first reason that, you, that your hope gets attacked and you lose hope, first reason is because you decide to leave 
the body of Christ. Mm. When you leave the body and you go do your own thing, then usually what happens is your hope starts to vanish. Hmm. Let me show you what these men did. Two of them, by the way. Uh, uh, please note, only one of them is named. And whenever the Bible does that, it's because the Bible wants you to put your name in and fill it in hmm. for the second person. So just put your own name in there and let's say. So whenever your hope gets attacked, usually what the enemy is going to try and do, he's going to have you leave the church. And so that means uh, the men that were walking together, they were supposed to be in the upper room waiting because that's where Jesus told them. I'm going to come back and I'm going to meet you there. Stay there. Continue to worship until I come back. But these men decided we're going to Emmaus. We're walking on this road. I don't know. And they were they were on the road walking and they were concerned. And so when Jesus pulled up, they didn't even know it was Jesus because Jesus hid himself. And they're talking to Jesus about Jesus. Isn't that funny? Mm. They're talking to Jesus and they're looking at Jesus like Jesus. I mean, they didn't know it was Jesus. They were saying, what, what, uh, haven't you know, haven't you heard? Mm. I mean, it's on everybody's Instagram feed. It's on everybody's Facebook feed. It's on everybody's <laughs> Twitter account. It's on everybody, anything. They even, they even talking about it on all the radio stations. They're talking about it on, uh, on television. They're talking about it everywhere. Right. Are you the only person that don't know what happened to Jesus? And until Jesus had to say, um, 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 tell me more. And as they're telling him more and more and more, Jesus is looking at them like, yeah, huh? didn't I tell you what I wanted you to believe? Why, why are you out here? Why are you walking out here? The first reason is because you decided that you don't want to be around church people mm. anymore. No, 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 don't get me wrong. Church people give you a good reason Ooh, sometimes to sometimes. walk away and say, I don't Jesus. need y'all. Mm. But 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 listen, but listen, I know if I, every last one of you, you know this to be true. That even though church people get on your last nerve, every last one of these church people out there knows if it wasn't for Jesus Christ, uh, where would they be today? Where, where and so just because church people get on your nerve, that doesn't give you a good reason for you to walk away from Jesus. Mm. Jesus did call you mm. and he called you to be a part of his body. And so one of the things you have to remember, especially when your hope is being dashed, when you're losing hope, is that you need to be worshiping God and getting your praise on. Mm -hmm. These men left and because they did, their hope was being dashed. Mm. Any thoughts on that, Jada? What are you thinking yeah, so far? Yeah, I think that's fascinating because very often when we are experiencing doubt or some type of hopelessness, we want to disconnect mm -hmm. because you sometimes you know better, but you don't want to feel better. Mm. You want to stay in your sad place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you're like, well, I'm just not, I don't want to be around people that are going to point me to prayer or point me to scripture. I want to just stay in my sad place. <laughs> so I'm going to disconnect and have my pity party, yeah, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you can't even enjoy that because the Holy Spirit won't let you. That's right. But I think that is a normal reaction when we experience enough doubt especially when it looks like everybody else's dreams are coming true mm -hmm. or when everybody else is is walking in the fullness of hope. We just want to isolate and say, you know what, let me go figure it out on my own. Yeah. So I think it's a yeah. normal reaction. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's That good. we have to fight against. Every Definitely. single time. Yeah. Every single time. Number two, second reason. We have a tendency to lose, listen fam, to lose our hope. Second reason is when we don't want to wait on God. Mm -hmm. We don't want to wait. The verse 21 says that uh, that they waited three days and they thought, OK, Jesus, it's Sunday. You said mm. you're going to be raised from the dead. And still they didn't believe. Nice. That's why they say the word. We had hoped that after three days he would have shown himself to us. Mm. And it had just been three days and they were still on their way to Emmaus. 
not in the place where he told them to be. Come on, somebody. Come you on. know how hard it is to mm. wait sometimes. Let me, mm. let me show you what I mean. Let me show you what I mean. Mm. No, ain't nothing wrong. Ain't mm. nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. Just, it's just <laughs> awkward, ain't it? When you got to wait. <laughs> It's just awkward, yeah. It's that just wasn't awkward. Brilliant. I no. felt awkward. Oh, you felt awkward too. <laughs> <laughs> like, say something. Right, oh. right, right, right. Woo, See, be, because we always think something's wrong <laughs> when you got to wait. That was good. I know it's good. Anyway. You know what? <laughs> we plan for humility. But yeah. just put that in the chat. It's hard to wait. It's hard we to know. wait. That's just it. Go ahead and throw that in there. It now. really, really is. It, yeah. it really is, though. And so that's why it's so important for you to know mm. what God says. Because God told them, I'm going to meet you in that yeah, upper room. All I want you to do is wait until I get there. Quit trying to control and manipulate God's timing to fit your schedule. God says, in the fullness of time, I will show you. Mm -hmm. He says, why so downcast, oh my soul? Mm. Put your hope in God. So you got to remember, from suffering, we get perseverance. From perseverance, it then produces character and character produces hope. Mm. Patience is a part of what we have to develop if we're going to stay away from hope fading and stay to the point where God wants us all, mm -hmm. which is where we're hoping. We're eagerly sitting on the edge of our seat, waiting to see, anticipating what God is going to do next. Mm. And so we all have always, we always have to hope. So Jada, I think this is a big one for the body of Christ, as oftentimes it causes us to not want to wait and to take matters in our own hands. Absolutely. And if you're impatient, like I can be, or if you think you know better, like I can often think about myself, Me too. Um, or if you think that you can help God out. I mean, there's mm -hmm. a lot of times where we just our own arrogance and our own impatience can get the best of us yeah. because we love a plan. We yeah. love a vision. Yeah. We love a word for the year. We yeah. love all those things. <laughs> and so we like, God, you need some help. Yeah. And I have some ideas. Yeah. And I'm going to come yeah. alongside and, and together we're going to figure it out. And so I think there's always that tension of saying, okay, I want active faith, right? But I still have to be submitted to a sovereign God. That's and that's, that's a tension that we always have that's to good. wrestle with. Yeah. Hey, y'all, one day um, I, was, I was getting an Uber. I don't always take it. Every now and again I do. I was getting an you Uber. You took the Uber? <clears throat> yeah, can you believe it? Uber. That was the Lord. <clears throat> and it, it really was the Lord because I don't ever yeah. do it, okay? So I did it one time, and, you know, the, the guy came up, and, and they give you a little message that says, hey, I've arrived, and I'm going to wait 15 minutes, and then I'm gone. And I got a little offended at that. Because, 15 minutes is long. You've got some grace. Well, I, I was just offended. That's all you mean. You don't wait 50 minutes, then you're gone. Because you know, as far as I'm concerned, fam, I mean, I got the money. <sighs> I called you. You know who I am because, you know, this is not just anybody. It was a friend, but it was a Uber driver. He know who I am. Uh -huh. And then he said, uh, I'm waiting 15 <laughs> minutes. I said, no, bro. So I got frustrated <laughs> with that. How about you? Listen, listen, let me remind you again. I called him. I called him. Number two, I said, I'm going to pay you. You know my name, mm. and you're going to wait 15 <clears throat> You're only going to wait 15 minutes. I wonder if there's anybody here mm -hmm. that do that same thing to God. He called you. Mm. He's got the provision for everything you need. Yeah. He also says, you know my name. And you're going to give God 15 minutes talking about if you don't bless me in 15 minutes, I'm going to walk away. That's what we do all the time. We do the exact same thing these Uber drivers do to us. We do to God. No shade on Uber drivers. No, Uber no, drivers. Not at all. But the, right. the illustration works perfectly. <laughs> 
God bless all the Uber drivers. That's right. That's right. That's right. Anyways, so all I'm trying to shout out to is just remind you that you and I have the responsibility to wait because God says, meet me in the upper room. Mm. And he didn't want to do it. Last one in this first part of the passage says uh, the significance of remembering what God said. Mm -hmm. God says, hey, man, I'm going to do a miracle. I'm going to I'm going to be risen from the dead and I'm going to meet you. And they didn't want to. Now, listen, they remembered all the other miracles, y'all. Mm, they, they, yeah. they could believe that he could turn water into wine. They could believe that he could um, uh, feed the 5,000. They could believe all of that. But when it came to he's going to be risen from the dead, hmm. there was something Ooh, there that, was hard. that could not compute for these men. Mm -hmm. How about you? Yeah. How do we turn this around? That's how we, that's how hope get attacked. Yeah. That's how we lose hope. Uh, what sources do we have that can anchor our hope? Yeah, y'all ready to talk about how we can anchor our hope? Just drop that in the chat. Say anchor, mm -hmm. anchored hope. Uh, because there, the beauty is that while life is always coming at us and trying to attack our faith, God already has an answer. He, know what, he knows what's coming. And there's some things that we just need to remember and be aware of um, when our hope seems like it's in jeopardy. And if you look at Luke uh, chapter 24, I'll go through a few of these verses because there's three important ways that we can find our hope anchored. And the first one is that our hope is anchored in his presence. Mm. Somebody say presence, wherever you are. Just say it real loud. Say presence. Okay. Because in Luke 24, uh, verse 15, as these men are walking down the road, it says, while they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near. Now, sometimes you have to talk to a church mother, somebody mm -hmm. that's walked with the Lord for mm -hmm. a while to understand what it means when they say he draws near. Yeah. And here's the beautiful part. Number one, uh, these men are walking down the road. They, they have no idea. The, the very person that they are questioning and wondering if this thing has really happened is the one who's near them. And so our hope can be anchored in God's presence even when we don't see it, even when we don't recognize it. It says Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Now, he's walking with them, right. verse 16, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Now, I don't know what might be keeping you from recognizing God's presence. But right now you might need to say, open my eyes, God, because it could be that while you're asking God for more revelation, you just need more recognition. Mm. Maybe he's already there and you're not seeing him because it's not packaged the way that you want it to be packaged. That's good. Listen, let me tell you, when I was in high school for a hot minute, hot minute, hot minute. I played soccer. Now, uh, just a little bit. It was a hot minute. I mean, and I was a distance runner, so my coach was like, one month. just play soccer so you can stay conditioned. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I just play soccer. Just stay in shape. Don't judge me. But y'all. Which means she just kicked the ball. It don't matter. Sorry, go but ahead. I ran a lot and I was in shape for my cross country <laughs> season. But listen, it was a December game and it was freezing and it was cold, even in Texas. And we were out there and it was gray and bleak and wasn't anybody out there. And I was like, why am I in this game? And around the halfway point, I remember looking up in the stands and there's two lone figures, my mother wrapped up in a blanket and my sister, who might not even remember this, but she was probably traumatized, sitting up there with my mother and no one else was in the stands. And let me tell you something. I said, you know what? My mother is out here sitting up in this game in a sport that I don't even really take that seriously. And it's freezing cold. Nobody else's parents were there. They were like, tell me how the game goes. Right. My mother was there. And so I said, I'm about to play my best. Because even though I didn't know she was there, she was there to support me. And her presence changed my approach to that game. That's good. Let me tell you something. The presence of God 
it can change your hope. And don't ever doubt that he's there. Let me tell you, it's even better than what Cleopas and this unknown man experienced because Jesus was physically with them because the Holy Spirit hadn't come yet. But we have the Holy Spirit. That's that it. means he's always with us. He's mm -hmm. always near mm -hmm. us. Psalm 139, over and over again, David is saying, where can I go to flee your presence? You are everywhere. When I sit down, when I rise up, my, my, you know my, my, my thoughts. My. You're intimately acquainted with all my ways. And so the next time you're doubting God's revelation or looking for it, God, why don't you just say, show me, give me recognition yes, to see what's already there. Because the presence of God is where we can anchor our hope. And that way, the presence of God helps us to speak in the present tense. Let me say that again. The Ooh. presence of God helps us to speak in the present tense. Come if on. you read verse 21, it says, but we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. They, they, were, they, had, they were so uh, defeated, so <clears throat> doubtful that the things that God had said would come to pass, they had put in the past tense. But when God's hope is anchored in us, when we have hope in God because of the awareness of his presence, then we still can speak with a present tense. We still can speak with a future tense that God will do it. God is doing it. So good. sometimes you need to recognize God's presence because his presence can make you speak in the present tense. All right. So our hope can be anchored in that. It redirects our plan. It redirects our perspective. Here's the second thing. Our hope is anchored in his purpose. Come Somebody on. just say purpose. 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 Now, this is not purpose. Like, I get a question. I get questions all the time. Like, what's my purpose? Mm -hmm. Everybody want to know their purpose. Right. Uh, they want to know their personality and mm -hmm. their Enneagram. What's my calling? Listen, God's purpose has to be known before you know your purpose. My, God's my, my. purpose is one of the ways that we are have, have a source of hope because we stand on his unchanging nature. Look, in verse 25 of Luke chapter 4, it says, And he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart mm. to believe all that the prophets, prophets have spoken, was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? He said, Foolish ones, you're slow of heart to believe. Everything the prophets have spoken, wasn't it necessary for Christ to suffer? So Jesus is telling them yep. the belief is more of a heart issue than it is a head issue. Because guess mm -hmm. what? Your hope is not going to always be logical. The facts around you, the circumstances around you are not going to always calculate up to equal hope. Hope is a heart issue. You get saved in the heart. You have faith in your yeah. heart. You believe in your heart. <clears throat> so when you need the renewal, you're not asking God to lay out more facts for you. You're asking him to strengthen the faith of your heart because it's our hearts that become slow to believe. And then our hope is jeopardized. And so he's telling them, don't you realize that uh, everything that's happened should have been happening, that it was necessary for Christ to suffer. Y'all, these men were simple and, and lost. And we, we experience that sometimes. And, and sometimes it doesn't matter how much you think you know. I mean, our hearts can be slow to believe when things are not working out the way we want them to work mm -hmm. out. Uh, we can begin to doubt God's purpose. You yeah. know what I'm saying, honey? Absolutely. It doesn't matter how old you are, right. how long you've been in the faith. Right. It is irrelevant. The, the enemy can create something and cause you to doubt God. Mm -hmm. So it's important for all of us to know that this can happen to all of us, mm -hmm. which is why it's important for us to remember that God has a purpose behind everything that he does. Yeah. And here's the thing about it. That purpose is anchored in truth, okay? Somebody mm -hmm. say truth because Absolutely. it's in verse 27, it says, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets. He's saying, since your heart was slow to believe mm -hmm. because you didn't remember all the things the prophets had spoken, let me take it back to the beginning for you. Hmm. In verse 27, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted my, my. to them all. Somebody say all. All the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Now, I wonder 
how long this conversation was for Jesus to walk through all of the scriptures concerning himself. <laughs> Many people speculate on what he might have said, that he may have told them that he is the seed of the woman whose heel was bruised or the blessing of Abraham to all the nations, my, the high priest my, my. after the order of Melchizedek, the man who wrestled with Jacob, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the voice from the burning bush, the Passover lamb, the prophet greater than Moses, the captain of the Lord's army to yep. Joshua, the ultimate kinsman redeemer mentioned in Ruth, the son of David, who was a king greater than David, the suffering savior Come mentioned on. in Psalm 22, the good shepherd Come of on. Psalm 23, the wisdom of Proverbs, the lover of the song of Solomon, yeah. the savior described in the prophets and the suffering servant of of Isaiah 53 and finally the princely Messiah of Woo. Daniel who would establish a kingdom that would never end. Let me tell you something. Just like his temptation in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus didn't need to give a new word. He showed him the old word because when you're anchored in God's purpose, that truth becomes your hope. And listen, all of this truth can can all of this truth came from scriptures. Quit anchoring your hope on the words right. of men yeah. when there is an unchanging truth That's right. that will meet you in your time of doubt. God will show you what he's already said. And in that purpose, in mm -hmm. that truth, in that unchanging principle, our hope can be anchored. Woo. And listen, in verse 30, we find the third thing our hope can be anchored in, our third source of hope, in his provision. Now, mm -hmm. when he was at the table with them, it says, he took the bread, blessed it yes he did broke it and yes, gave it to them and their eyes were opened and they recognized him let me just say one thing i'm gonna back up somebody say back up in, in in my point my second point that that our hope is anchored in purpose in his truth do you understand that in verse 32 it says that their hearts burned it says uh they said to each other this is the end so it skips around a little bit but at, in verse 32, it says, they said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us mm -mm -mm. while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? Now, listen, let me tell you why that's good. Because the challenge that Jesus said to them in verse 25, he says, you're foolish and slow of heart to believe. Mm. So the slowness of their heart was an indication that they lacked hope. But now look, after he gives them all the scripture from the beginning concerning him, it says now their hearts burned because of what he he had said to them, y'all, it was before they even recognized him That's as Messiah, good. before they were even sure he was Jesus. The mm. scripture alone awakened their hearts and gave them a renewed hope. So listen, Woo. the purpose and the truth of God is nothing to be toyed with. Don't take lightly the power the of scripture of when you're in That's your it. season of doubt. That's it. And lastly, our hope can be anchored in his provision. Now, it's not it's not the Mercedes in the garage kind of provision. I know what some of y'all are thinking. You're like, yes, claim it. No, 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 it's not that kind. There's a deeper provision that God can give us. Look at verse 30. It says, when he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him. Mm -mm. Now, he is taking this bread, blessing it, breaking it. And many, many people have debated why their eyes were opened. And a lot of people will say it was some familiarity. Something was happening. Something Something divine was happening as he's breaking this bread. But but even though it harkens back to him feeding the 5,000 and, and Jesus doing something that was very familiar that he did with his followers, at the end of the day, it's still provision. That in your time of hunger, 
that when your hope is making you hungry, yeah. God has bread for you. Yeah. That God is not just going to condemn you and say, uh, you should get, you should know better, get it together, get your life. That God is patient. He, he is. invites us in. If you look in the scriptures, he says, what things? What's, what's triggering in this doubt? It's a question that he asked them as they're walking. And then he says, I don't even have to know you. You don't even have the reputation. For me to be revealing myself to you. You can be Cleopas that most of y'all don't even know. And an unknown man that none of us can know. My and Jesus God. says, you don't need reputation for revelation. I want to be That's with it. you. I'm going to invite you into this thing. I'm going to be fully present. I will take the time to tell you what you should already know. They had the Old Testament. They knew all the scriptures concerning him. But Jesus said, I'll still walk you through it again. I want your hope to be revived. And then That's he good. concludes this interaction with provision. Y'all, this provision is greater than the bread, but it is a way our hope is anchored. It's anchored Mm -mm -mm. in an unchanging God who will always use the provision to point back to him. His truth is what speaks to our hearts and revives our hope. And here's the beautiful thing. When our hope is re-anchored, when our hope is solidified and we can stand and be steadfast, then Look in verse 33, it says, and they rose that same hour, returned to Jerusalem, and they found the 11 and those who were with them gathered, saying, the Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Listen, when the hope has been anchored and when it's alive in us, revived in us, we can be the witnesses Jesus intended for us to be. That's it. They told of God's purpose. They told of God's provision. We cannot witness if we are walking in hopelessness. We have to be decided and convinced internally before we can invite someone else into hope. And so I need you to understand today that the enemy would like for you to think that God is not a promise keeper, that every seed of doubt is evidence that God won't keep his word. But our hope will be attacked, but it can also be anchored. And can I tell you something? There is something valuable in your witness that when you get that hope thing lined up internally, you can be a witness. And listen, being a witness is everything. Mm -hmm. You know, you may not know, but our son has a a special condition. And so uh, we have to see a specialist a couple of times a year. And I remember when he was born, trying Mm -hmm. to find a specialist, you know, Mm -hmm. I was stressed Mm -hmm. because I was like, ooh, don't Mm -hmm. mess with my baby. And so we did all the research and asked a lot of physicians. But ultimately, I had to ask a few friends whose kids had similar conditions because I wanted some people that I trusted to recommend somebody that was going to be poking and prodding on my son. And so even though several people were qualified, only one had consistent recommendations among the people that I trusted. And because of that, I chose that specialist and we've been with her for years now. Can I tell you what it means to be able to have hope in the testimony of somebody that you trust? Come on. See, now listen, when Jesus reminds us that his presence and his purpose and his provision are the anchors and the sources for our hope, we can be the witnesses. We can testify. And we don't have to quote somebody else. We don't have to repost somebody else. We don't have to retweet somebody else. I have my own testimony because he's a specialist that I can always recommend. And when I do that, not only is my own hope solidified, I can then share that hope with the world who desperately needs to know and have Jesus for themselves, y'all. Come on, come Mm. on. So we've talked about hope being attacked. We've talked about hope being anchored and now we're going to conclude our time with hope being awakened and so as we as we conclude our time together pastor matt i want you to come and talk to us a little bit about hope awakened yeah praise god family praise the lord for the anchor that we have in jesus christ what a reminder 
that Pastor and Jada have shared with us. Now, the last point of the message, it's not over yet, y'all, is hope awakened. How God stirs up hope back in our heart. Now, let's remember for just a moment what happened. We, we saw in Luke 24 how Cleopas and his friend, what they did was, was, was they, they disconnected from the body of Christ, right? They, they stopped waiting on God, and then they refused to remember God's promises. And it says, they took off walking to Emmaus. Now, don't you know, isn't it just like us sometimes that when things don't go our way, we start heading in the wrong direction? And what happens is they're heading in the wrong direction. Here's, the, here's what I love about this passage, y'all. They're heading in the wrong direction, and Jesus has made his whole life of discipleship telling people to follow him. But when they head in the wrong direction, Jesus says, I'm going to follow you. Can you help me praise God that we've got a God even when we're headed in the wrong direction? He says, I'm going to follow you, and I'm going to step into your life. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to talk with you. You're not even going to know it's me, but I'm going to draw you back to me. And all we have to do to have hope awakened is flip the script. Instead of disconnecting from the body of Christ, we have to reconnect with the body of Christ. Maybe you need to get into a life group. Maybe you need to get on a team. Maybe you've had a bad experience and you said, you know what? They hurt my feelings. They let me down. Or maybe my group leader was a little crazy. I don't know what your experience was, but God's saying, you know what? It's time for you to get back on track and trust me again because you need other believers in your life. I need you to wait on me. God says you are willing to to wait on things that you really expect. Some things are worth waiting on. And God says, I want you to wait on me and I need you to remember my promises. One of the ways we do that is by being connected to the body. All this ties in to being connected to the body of Christ. As soon as you disconnect, it's hard to remember, and it's hard to wait because you're headed your own way in the wrong direction. And when we're talking about direction, uh, every now and then one of my friends or somebody I know here at church will call me and say, Hey, Pastor Matt, uh, I'm trying to meet you. But there's a lot of traffic. There might be an accident. I don't know how far I'm going to be behind to come meet you. Now, in that moment, I don't try to help them. I, I, don't, I don't try to guide them. I just ask them one question. Do you have the Waze app? W-A-Z-E. I got some Waze witnesses in the house. Do you have the Waze app? And they say, no, I don't know what that is. I said, get off the phone with me. Download the Waze app while you're in traffic. Type in where you're going and then watch what happens. I'm going to tell you, this app is a beautiful thing. I use the ways that. What happens is if you're in traffic, you type in your destination where you want to go, and it starts giving you alternate routes so that you can get around the traffic, you can get around the construction, you can get around a tire that's in the middle of the road. All because you have this app, it will help you get out of the mess you are in. How does this app work? <laughs> it's what they call crowdsourced. What that means is there's a lot of people sending in information because they use the app. So what they do is they say, you know what, I just drove by something in the road, so they reported on the app. Or I just drove by an accident, they reported on the app. And what happens is over 115 million people are users of the Waze app. And when they all text in, notify in, message in what they see, you as the user get the benefit. And let me tell you about the benefit, because somebody else went ahead of you, now all of a sudden, because of what they report back to you, they're able to help your path a little bit smoother to where you're trying to go. Church family, what I'm talking about is the body of Christ. We are here so that we can help each other. 
We are here so that when a crisis comes, we can say, you know what? I want to let you know how I got around this situation because I see you're stuck in some traffic. I see you're stuck in some mess, and I see you can't get out of the situation. It's one thing to use ways to react to a situation. It's another thing to use ways to help plan a situation. You see, when you go on a long trip, if you plan ways ahead of time, what you do is you type in your destination, and check this out. When you're on the way, you might be driving down the highway, and you get a notification. All of a sudden, Way says, I need you to get off on this exit. And you're like, I don't see any brake lights. I don't see an accident in front of me. I don't see any construction. That's where you have this faith moment of, am I going to trust this app that's telling me to take a detour when I don't even know that I need a detour? Friends and family, what I want you to know is what Waze is doing is it's, it's notifying you because you've planned and you've already got a part of the Waze community. What Waze will do, it won't wait till you get in traffic to get you out. It will help you prevent from getting into traffic before you ever get there. Waze will come beside you and say, you need to take this detour because something is ahead that you don't even see. Church family, that's why we have the body of Christ. Because you and I are going to go through some stuff. And you might be going through some stuff right now. And there's a body of believers saying, you know what? I've been through something similar. And I'm here to walk with you. Something happens when we stick together. It helps us remember God's promise. It helps us wait on God. And in this moment, what we have to do is commit to have hope reawakened in our life. One family, that's why God has us here today. He has us in this very moment, not on accident. He has us in this moment because he's seen your tears. He's seen your struggle. He's seen your skepticism. He's seen your doubt. He's seen you want to give up. And he's saying, you know what? In this moment, I want you to know I'm right here with you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. I'm going to walk with you through this moment. So one family, if you've never met Jesus and invited him into your life, this is your moment. In just a moment, we're going to have a chance for you to receive prayer. There's going to be a lot of different ways you can do that. Maybe you're someone in the house that's saying, you know what, it's time for me to come back. I've kind of wandered away. It's time for me to come back to Jesus. It's time for me to get connected back to the community so that I can wait, so that I can remember God's promises. Our goal is that every single one of us today takes our next step closer to Jesus so that when our hope is attacked, it can then be re-anchored and then it can be awakened in our life. The hope we have in Jesus. Would you pray with me one? Father, right now we are amazed at your word and how it speaks into our life, how it speaks into our situation, how it speaks right where we are, God. And I want to lift up every individual listening to my voice, to Pastor Conway and Jada's voice. God, I want to lift up every person who's in the middle of their hope being attacked. The first step is saying, you know what, uh, God, my hope is under attack, and I've, I, I don't even know who you are, God. I, I've got questions about you, but God, I'm open to learning today. Because the Bible tells us that, that we've all sinned and fall short of God's glory. The Bible tells us that it, God demonstrates his love for us, that even while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. The Bible tells us God's not mad at us, but he's actually drawing us into a relationship with him. For those of us 
who need to come back to God. Father, I pray that we can take those steps today. I pray that in this moment, we don't rush past this. We don't get ready for Easter lunch, but we get ready to make a heart decision with you. So God, right now, would you work in our hearts? Would you help us each to respond appropriately? And would you give us a new picture of what hope looks like in our life? God, we thank you and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. One family, can we praise God for this message on hope? I want to ask your favor for something. In your chair when you came in, you have a card. I want to ask if you can get this card out. I want to ask you, if you get this card, to let us know how you're responding to Jesus today. When you get this card out, you can also scan in your chair, in the front of your chair. There's a QR code you can scan, and you can do this all digitally if you want to do that as well. If you're online, you'll see a link that you can click on so that you can get this card. Here's what the card says. It says, hey, do I want to join a life group? Do I want to serve? Maybe I'm already a Christian, but I've wandered away, or I'm a Christian, and I need to be baptized, or maybe I'm just considering being a Christian, and I have questions. Maybe you want to join the church, or maybe you're already happily serving Let us know what your response is to God today. Here's what we want to do. We want to encourage you and connect with you and help you walk with what your response is. So I want to ask you online at our campuses in person to either do that with the physical card or to do that online. When you leave at our campus, you're going to see a basket that you can drop that in. And you can let us know that way or you can do that digitally as well. And then our prayer team is also going to be at the front. Every single one of us will have masks on and we'll be ready to receive you so that we can pray for you in this moment if you'd like to receive prayer. One family, we want to thank you again. I want to continue to ask you to continue to pray for Pastor Conway and Jada as they're recovering from COVID. We praise God that they're recovering and on the other side of that, we want to thank you for being here for Easter. And our heart's cry is that we can all take the next step toward connection. Man, you guys look so good at church this weekend and online, and we're grateful that you were here. Right now for our online audience, we're going to go over to our app time where Pastor Johnny and Jen are going to walk you through your next steps online. Thank you so much for joining us.